Hey, what's up, Military Millionaires? It's Dave, and today we're going to have Matt Sapala, the money smart guy, on the podcast, and we're going to talk about everything from his transition from the Marine Corps to multimillionaire now, uh, including why he chose the insurance agency over becoming a real estate agent when he got out of the military and how he's been able to build such a big presence. He is now the co-owner of the PHP agency, People Helping People, and uh, he's doing very well for himself. And really, this is just inspiring because he is fun to talk to about money and business. We'll hear about him talking to Michael Jordan over dinner. And uh, I mean, just all kinds of cool stories throughout this podcast. So definitely inspiring and definitely a guy that I want to grab a beer with one of these days. As always, show notes are found at FromMilitaryToMillionaire.com slash podcast. Now relax and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, listen up, guys and girls, active duty and veterans. I have an important announcement to make. May 29th and 30th in St. Louis is going to be the first ever Veterans Live conference. Now, what this is, is it is a military real estate investor conference hosted by military real estate investors, spoken at by military real estate investors, and attended by military real estate investors. Obviously, if you are not military, you are welcome to attend. However, it will be geared towards veterans and service members helping veterans and service members. Myself, the Military Millionaire Community, Stuart Grazier, the Military Investor Network, and Bill Allen of Seven Figure Flipping, are all going to be putting this on together, and this is going to be an awesome event. So it's going to be at the Hyatt Regency St. Louis at the Arch, May 29th and 30th. Check out below for a link to register, and I look forward to seeing you there. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dave with the Military Millionaire Podcast, and I am here with Matt Sapala, commonly known as the Money Smart Guy, who I've been following on Instagram for a while now. He's got a YouTube channel. He does all kinds of awesome stuff, always speaking to different events. And so Matt was a Marine, and now he is the co-owner of People Helping People, uh, the PHP agency, and uh, I'm really excited to have him on the show. So Matt, welcome. Hooray! Good to be on your show, man. I said that right. You did. You did. I'm a man. All right. Good, well, to, good to be on here, man. This is exciting. I've been I've been watching your stuff for at least a year now, and uh, so I'm excited about this. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Yeah, born and raised in Chicago. Uh, enlisted at uh, 17. Uh, got into boot camp at 17, and and uh, I'll make a long story short, uh, eight years in the Marine Corps. I did the, the the back part of the Persian Gulf War. I did Operation Restore Open in Somalia, Africa. Um, I was a door gunner in the Marine Corps, and uh, it was my seventh year in the Marine Corps that I found myself divorced. Believe it or not, you know this—it's very—it's a very rare thing to hear a military service member, especially a Marine, going through a divorce. But <laughs> I went through a divorce by myself in the unfortunate circumstance of of being a single dad with custody of my son, and uh, and uh, I'd make a career choice. I was attached to uh, the 15 Marine Expeditionary Unit right there in the, in, in the, the West Coast, and. And the Marines would say, hey, hey uh, uh, you need to find another babysitter for your kids because you're a deployable Marine. Mm. And I said, well, well, uh, well, I, I, I'm a dad. This is, well, you're a deployable Marine. You need to find something else to do because we need to send you out at a moment's notice. And so uh, at that point, I, I decided that reenlistment was probably not my, my next uh, you know, three, four, five moves. 
and I got out my after my eighth year, and uh, I ventured into the insurance industry, and that's where, uh, uh, you know, I think for the listeners of your podcast, you know, military millionaire, that's why I became a cash flow millionaire, thankfully, without a college degree, without using my GI Bill. Man, that's cool. So ironically, so you said 15th Mu. I did, I, we were talking before this. I don't know if I put that together. So you were on Del Mar. I'm actually, that's currently where I'm stationed is like less Crazy. than a half mile from where the Mu's headquartered. So Crazy. Well, I was, I was a, heli- a helicopter unit. That was, you know, that was probably the ACE, the air combat element. So of, of the Mew, but yeah. uh, crazy man that uh, the same neck of the woods right there, Del Mar. That's it. I'm right here in Oceanside. Does, does Del Mar still have the good, uh, the good e-club there, man? They do. Nice. And they've those, got those a, e-club. they've got a great burrito place and uh, some beaches that I rarely see. Cause I don't even have windows in my building, but <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, awesome, man. man. Yeah. I, I like it there. It's a, it's a good, good location on base for sure. Yep, absolutely. Actually, so, I think is that where Corporal's Course is held right now? Uh, you know, where- they've kind of gone to where Corporal's Course can be hosted by units now, and what? so yeah, so uh, the units will will run Corporal's Course, or or they even have a Lance Corporal week long seminar, and so that's unit based. So it, I mean, there is one on Del Mar, but there's one all over the base. Gotcha. Yeah, that's my last great memory. That area was uh, was Corporal's Course. Hundred percent, oh, man. And you got to go to some cool places with the Mew. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny we're, we're, we're so you had some poor leadership. It, right, right. I wanted to ask you. You know, you went into the insurance agency before we were recording. You mentioned you've been looking at maybe becoming a realtor. So, what helped you make that decision? Yeah, because you know, I I, I needed to make a lot. I know when I was coming out of um, Southern California, you know, you know, we we live in probably one of the most expensive areas in not only the United States, but in the world, right there in Orange County, you got, you know, Oceanside, you got San Clemente, you got, uh, you got, uh, um, you know, what's that Dana point yeah. as you go, as you go North, you can go South down to, 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 to San Diego, <clears throat> but it's probably some of the most expensive places to live. So I needed to make a lot of money. And my problem is I didn't have a college degree. I'm getting out. I'm a Sergeant. I have, I mean, what's, what's my, how do I laterally move my military? door gunner experience <laughs> into the civilian world. I was a mechanic on helicopters. I didn't have the two, three years to get my AMP license. Mm-hmm. I need to make money now. So uh, I didn't, I didn't have the financial patience to wait through college either for a GI bill or, and hope to get a degree from scratch. Cause I didn't have any credits, maybe have one or two credits in Spanish and business, but uh, you know, but uh, Spanish, Spanish doesn't help you as a businessman. Yeah, I mean, it, I know, it might right? a little bit yeah, depending I, on what market you're in. Right. Because, you know, in the military, of course, in the military base, you go, you go to the you know, local university, like Chapman University and Central Texas College and all that stuff. It's a couple of classes of when we're on deployment, but uh, nothing really that's going to get me a degree in 18 months or 12 months. Mm-hmm. I, I need to still do my three, four, five years. Yeah. And so, so real estate was big, obviously, there in California. Everybody's in real estate, real tour, selling property, and everybody's looking fancy, fancy, driving around in the Mercedes and BMWs and fancy Lexuses and showing, you know, probably some of the greatest pieces of land, you know, to, to, to sell right there next to, you know, next to the ocean. And so I was thinking about doing that. And then I started looking through the life of how a realtor makes money. And uh, one of my processes was like, I asked him one question, how quickly can I make a paycheck? Because I just got out, my, my, my set pay was about to get done. You know, my, mm. the, my travel pay was about to exo- you know, get exhausted. I says, how soon can I make money? I need to make money here in the next 30, 45, at, at the worst 60 days. 
He says, well, you need to get, you need to get some property right now. You need to get licensed and all that stuff. I said, okay, how long does that take? He says, you know, it's going to take, you know, a few weeks. I said, a few weeks? I need to make a paycheck in a few weeks. I need to make the check, paycheck next week. Licenses would like two, you know, 1500 to 2000 bucks to get you know, a real estate license. And then, and then, and then assuming I had a client right now that was ready to go, that was qualified, that had a down payment and exactly where we wanted to live. It still take me 30 at the best case scenario, 30 to 45 days to make my first commission check on selling a piece of real estate. And then, so I said, that's too long. And then I moved down to the, the, the next door because in house, they had a loan officer, mortgage, mortgage operation. I said, how long will it take for me to get a, get a client? The, 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 the better part about that is that I not have to do a lot of legwork. I have to go around showing a lot of property to finally get the client to say yes. All they need to do is just find a client and say, yes, I, I've already found the house. I need to either finance it or refinance my current mortgage. So that's a little bit of an easier operation, but still it take me 30, 45, 60 days to, to close on that mortgage, have the bank to cut the check to pay off the previous mortgage and, and, and cut the check to, you know, to, for, for our commission. And then the insurance guy, who was a retired master sergeant, who discovered me off the, the uh, Best Buy right there, also, also Parkway up to 405, he, uh, he bumped into me and he says, hey, you know, would you like to learn the rules in the money game? I said, it's funny that you mentioned that I was about to get in real estate. So then we'll teach you the other side. You know, that's, that's peanut butter. We can, we can show you a side of jelly. <laughs> said, okay, show me jelly. It's still part of the sandwich. All right. So he shows me jelly. And it says, uh, this is what we do, insurance. And by the way, this is retirement planning. By the way, this is college planning. This is estate planning. This is, so there's a lot of areas I could have got into in terms of the insurance world. I said, that, that's, that's pretty interesting. I never knew that getting insurance license would expose me to such conversations. And so anyway, make a long story short, um, I, I got involved in insurance industry because I got licensed literally, literally within two weeks. And I was making paychecks within, you know, three, four, five uh, six weeks. So it was, it was, it was the option of me making money sooner than later, which made me stick with the insurance industry. It was just a job, a career for me. I didn't realize there, David, that later I'd be a passion. Yeah. So that's how I got started in the real estate world, man. Or, I'm sorry, uh, the insurance world versus real estate. That's some interesting points there. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm licensed as a realtor in the state of Hawaii and it, it did take, you know, I mean, it was a 40 hour course and like another week or two to take the test and then this, that, and the other to get started. But, and that wasn't so bad, but when I moved to California, they were telling me between wait lists and, and it's another 60 hour course I was going to have to take, even though I was already licensed and, and all this other stuff that it was going to take me three, four, five, six months to get licensed. So I didn't even transfer yeah. my license over here. Um, so I, wow. I just realized like, well, that's, that's not it. I'm not wasting that much time if I'm only going to be here for a year and a half. And so I completely understand what you're saying with that. And then definitely on the payment front, you know, I mean, it's a good commission, yeah. but it's, yeah, you got to wait and, for the house to close. And, and the thing there too, is that once like, like you just mentioned, transferring license from Hawaii to California in the insurance world, there's reciprocity, which means that if I get license in one state, which I did in California, and I moved back to Illinois, where I'm from, I don't have to retake another test. I just have to pay the state fee to transfer my license as a new resident license of that state. And I can become a non-resident license, licensee in California. So the big part of insurance was portability, because I want to know whether or not I needed to stay in Chicago, in, uh, in, Illinois, in California before, or actually going back to Illinois. And eventually I did, Thank goodness I didn't have to retake an exam, but automatically I was already licensed in two states. So I can have clientele 
over at least that, at that time before FaceTime was created or like this right now, Zoom, you know, I was doing business over the phone or FedEx and I was licensed in, in, in two states. Now it's a whole lot easier because we can, we can do business over the phone like this. Matter of fact, my, my wife, which now, nowadays, I'm, my job at, the, at PHP agency is, is agent recruitment, agency development and leadership development. My wife's job is, is she's the agent now. She's actually a licensed agent between the two of us. So if someone comes to me and says, hey, I'd like to be a client, I actually refer them to my wife now. That's cool. She's a whole lot, she's a whole lot better. <laughs> she's a whole lot better. And, uh, and so when she, when she came to, uh, uh, when I went to, uh, 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 you, know, you know, in terms of California, Illinois, finding, finding different uh, areas to do business was easy. We actually took a vacation to Hawaii and uh, we're there in, where were we? We're in, I think, Maui or Kau we're in Kauai. We're in Kauai. She has a client in Pennsylvania because she went to college at Pitt, University of Pitt. And so her friends were graduating and drafted by the NBBA, National Brazilian Basketball Association. And so, so over Zoom, she did business over Zoom. And, uh, and uh, when she did business over Zoom, talking to her friends in, that actually were in Brazil that were residents of Pennsylvania, and she helped them with their signing bonus. And, and her friend got drafted by Argentina. She jumps on another Zoom. This, by the way, this all happened at five, six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and she makes nine, 10 grand of, of, of commissions before breakfast, all Man. over Zoom. Yeah, right? that's awesome. So that's the portability of the insurance industry that we came to embrace uh, versus having to be stuck saying, okay, I really like this house, like this house, you like this house, you like this house. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then create this transaction. That's yeah, that's definitely cool. And the technology has made, I mean, I've bought a house now almost virtually I can do <clears throat> with the exception of maybe two or three pages of the, of the final closing docs, I can do everything virtually, um, which is yeah. still way different. Uh, but I mean, it still takes time. It's not nearly as simple as what you're explaining uh, or is as it still takes more time. I don't know if simple is the right word, but, uh, but it's, yeah, it's crazy how much technology has just changed the game. I mean, buy a house sight unseen and just have someone walk through with a phone. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. And plus it's been my observation too, with my, my buddies in real estate, a lot of buddies in real estate over time, you know, technology companies and platforms have actually reduced commissions, you know, as if the for sale, the FISBOs, the for sale by owners didn't, you know, didn't reduce or create competition for realtors to having a full brokerage commission, commission buy side, commission on the sales side. They've been reduced in commissions of what they're, actually charging to sell a property based on technology. Whereas us, technology on the insurance side is actually enhanced to create more sales. So, cool. uh, you know, it, it's, it's been cool in that regard over the, like, I've been doing this now for 20 years. So just to see that observation. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, creating cash flow through insurance. So I'm curious, how does, how does some of that work as far as, I mean, obviously I understand commission, but is there uh is there like a recurring piece to that or is it? Yeah. I mean, I still get checks from clients that still fund their retirement account, that still fund their insurance program, that still pay for the insurance policy because it's a long-term type of financial commitment. It's a natural long-term type of commitment. I mean, you're saving for retirement for the long term. You're paying your insurance for your, your, your permanent policy for the long term, your term insurance policy for the long term. So every time a client pays their premium, uh, you still get a small spiff, small commission from their premium payment. That's cool. And and the insurance companies pay you that, so therefore you can service your book of business, so provide annual reviews. 
And the irony is uh, most clients' lives change around every six to nine months. New kid, uh, uh, plan for college, retirement, left a job, need to do a 401k rollover, new house, divorced, <laughs> yeah. new marriage, new marriage for the kids. Where, where's a, so you know, every six to nine months, there's an, there's an income opportunity there to expand their insurance portfolio with you, retirement account with you. On the, on the real estate side of things, you sell a house, when do you see them again? Yeah, Three, four, five years? Yeah, if they, if they move again in the same town. Yeah, right, and, and, and hopefully they see you, right? They bought from you, hopefully they have you listed again, which they don't have that requirement, you know? And so, you know, that, that was also a nuance I discovered too. Because, you know, when I, when I got at the Marine Corps, boom, I saw all my buddies do real estate. You know, a bunch of my guys do real estate. I was an oddball doing insurance. And I saw what happened to them during 01, during the dot-com mm. bubble. Yeah, and then probably and again saw, during 08. Well, yeah, exactly, and then I was, and if they were able to hang on, uh, the 08, 09 crisis completely wiped them out uh, because they had no inventory to sell. Or if they had inventory to sell, no bank was giving them a loan to buy the inventory. So I, I just didn't want a career that was cyclical on the economy because I don't control the economy. And, and, and yet I'm, I have a 15 year mortgage or a 30 year mortgage and I have a, uh, my own bills and financial future play to plan for. I, I signed up for these promises to pay my debt. I need to make sure I have a secure income. I, I, I you know, to make sure that this promise to pay is, is solid. And I just didn't find that personally for me in real estate. A lot of guys are able to do it and God bless them. It, for me, it was just, it was just different. Uh, it was just a different immediacy for me to make sure. Uh, my financial income was secure. Awesome. So you decided to go insurance. You're yep. you're hustling away in California. Uh, you know, how did that grow into being the co-owner of a very large agency? Like what what was some of the stuff that helped you out with that journey? Yeah. So so I did well. I established myself for 12 years as a solid agent. I learned sales. I learned marketing. I learned uh, how to generate referrals. I learned how to establish goodwill in a community. I learned how to create sponsorships and mutually beneficial um, business arrangements to, to, to garner business. And so, you know, when, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I ventured into uh, the world of insurance, you know, there's, there wasn't a lot of support. A lot of Marines, a lot of, when I, I remember my, gun, my gunny. So Paul, you don't, you, don't know, you, don't know, you don't know anything about money. You just got to a divorce. Matter of fact, truth be told, in 1996, I filed Chapter 7 bankruptcy in Orange County as a corporal, right? And, and by the way, this is, one of the wor- this is one of the worst financial, worst financial, by the way, I'm going to say this in a lot of podcasts, man, so, because <laughs> a lot of people talk about the glory, but they don't want to really know the story. This is mm-hmm. part of the story. That the, the, the irony for me getting involved in the financial world is two, three years prior, I'm filing bankruptcy because I don't know how to pay off my $15,000 of credit card bills for coming back from a deployment. Mm. I, I didn't spend nothing, but my wife, ex-wife, charged up everything, man. Oh. Wait a minute, you a paycheck and you charge up all my credit cards? I don't get it. And so I'm like, how do I get myself out of a $15,000? It was such a big deal being 15 grand a credit card. Charge. I'm freaking out because every bit of my paycheck, which is 900 bucks, 1000 bucks. 700 of it would be the minimum payment to pay off that credit card. Like, how do I do this? Mm. How do I do this? And then one of the, my corporals, Corporal Cheatham, Cheatham, if you're listening to this, bro, you're the one who told me to go file bankruptcy. 
And uh, he goes, yeah, what you just filed bankruptcy? I did. Really? What's bankruptcy? Yeah, you go down the street, talk to the attorney, you pay her 500 bucks, and she wipes all your credit. I said, what? That's cheaper than my monthly payment. And I, I do it one time, and I'm really? Yeah, but she, and then furthermore, this attorney didn't explain to me what bankruptcy was all about for the next five years, to my <laughs> credit. Gladly took my money to take me down to court to file on my behalf. Bankruptcy chapter seven. Didn't tell me I, for the rest of my life, for the next 10 years after that, I have to fill out every application for a job, every application for a license. Because they asked, have you filed bankruptcy? I had to check off, yes. And then I had to explain myself. Mm. So my whole unit was giving me a hard time. What? Somebody getting finance and you get insurance, you don't know nothing about money. Hey, hey, Gunny, I think I'm going to figure this out. Paul, so, Paulo, I know about money. He says, Gunny, how do you know, how do you know about money? I'm a sergeant now, right? How do you know? I'm, 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 running, his, I'm running a section. How do, you, how, how, do, how do you know about money, Gunny? You, I'm looking outside. You drive a piece of shit Honda CRX. That's 10 years old. You know about money? Yeah. Uh, I know about money because I ballet on the weekends. What? You've, you just tell me right now, you valet, you valet rich people's cars on the weekends and make extra money. Yeah. And I see their watches. I see what they got. I see what got going. I bet, Gunny. You're not having conversation with these guys. You're taking a car. Here's my car, boy. And then and, uh, go, go, go park it. Right? Gun research in Penberthy. Right? <laughs> bro. And after watching, I know about watches. He's like, got me a Rolex now, bro. I know about okay. I know my money. And he says, so Paul, you, you get out the Marine Corps, we'll see you back in 30 days. Because all you know how to do is be a Marine. You're going to fail in your business. And then back in the day, I'm dating myself right now, bro. They had yeah. fax machines. They had fax machines at the unit, right? <laughs> so from the brokerage, the, the, the insurance brokerage office, I'd fax them my checks. Hey, oh, that's Gunny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think five grand is one, Gunny. See it. Definitely not these 30 days, maybe in the next 30 days. <laughs> fax and checks, fax and checks. One, one month, I made 10 grand that month. I said, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to see you for at least another three months, Gunny. <laughs> Got more power to you, man. <laughs> Sadly, uh, uh, you know, God bless his soul. He's no longer with us. But uh, Gunny, Gunny Penberthy, appreciate you, man. Love you, brother. Uh, thank you for giving me the fuel of the fire. Make, make, I didn't realize I was built to prove people wrong. And thank you for being that sounding board to help me prove you wrong. But uh, nonetheless, thanks for giving me that edge to push. Yeah, man, it, and it's so I'm, you know, we were talking about this before we recorded that I'm in the debate right between getting out and, and moving on and and uh, i'm leaning towards getting out going reserves or or at least exiting active duty one one way or another because i just need to control my time and i know that at this point my time and what i would do with it is so much more valuable than what i'm doing not to say that i'm doing something invaluable with my life right now but for what i what my goals are i could help my you know i could help myself achieve them uh, very quickly if i had not work, you know, 10, 12, 13 hours a day. Um, yeah. And so I'm working towards that decision. And one of the things I've noticed is that there, there's definitely a mentality of, well, Hey, you know, it's just seven more years. Just get it out. It's just eight more years. It's just nine more years. It's just this, just, just do it. Like, why wouldn't you? And while I understand the pension and the medical stuff is wonderful, uh, I just kind of sit back and I look and I think, okay, well, the guy telling me to get it out is this guy. 
and the people telling me to get out and pursue are these guys. Like, who do I want to be in 10 years? <laughs> Boom. And that's, that's kind of where I'm <laughs> okay. So yeah. Not a not always an easy thing. There's definitely a, a tribe mentality, and they don't always want to see you leave the tribe. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash military millionaire. Now, why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. I listen to Audible every single day on my commute to and from work. Now, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash military millionaire. Who do I want to be in the next five years? Because that's who I should be paying attention to. You know, coming out the military, you so you so you, I mean, you give them to high esteem your staff sergeant, your gunnery sergeant, your first sergeant, right? Your sergeant major, maybe your lieutenant because they got a college degree. Maybe you need to listen to them if you have access to your, your the officers. But we're so entrenched into listening to those who we're around versus listening to the ones that who we want to be. And I think if you flood your brain, your mindset, your consciousness of the conversations that millionaires have. And we're talking about military millionaire, right? If you have conversations with guys in the military who've made millions in their journey, guess what starts happening to you after a while? Your language starts to change. Your internal conversations with yourself start to change. Your expectations, what you're capable, start to broaden. And then you're like, man, I'm hanging around bigger thinkers. You know, not, not guys who say, hey, uh, good enough for government work. <laughs> you know, another, another, another day, another dollar. Same day, same shit. <laughs> Which you come to appreciate, right? But that's not how millionaires talk. That's, it's, it's not TGI Friday. It's the grind includes Friday. Mm. It includes Saturday. It includes Sunday sometimes too as well. So, you know, there, there's a different wiring when it comes to guys that want to be entrepreneurs. There's a different wiring and expectation conversation when guys or gals want to be millionaires. Last night I had a conversation in my office last night. We, we were wrapping up our phone zone because I, I teach our guys how to make phone calls to prepare them for you know, 15 to 20 appointments for the week. And I wrapped up, I, wrapped, I was wrapping up. I was, giving, I was giving, kind of giving them my Wolf of Wall Street type of speech, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so we do this after every meeting. And I asked, hey, uh, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, Devontae, stand up real quick. Did you, did you study a language in, 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 in high school? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, uh, he, he goes, he's a dark green, right? And, uh, and he says, I studied French. Cool. Uh, so yeah, I even got an honorary thing when I graduated, that it's four years of another language studying French. I got this, you know, this you know, little thing on his, you know, graduation gown, I guess, whatever you call it, to make sure he stuck out from everybody else. Any different, you studied language for years. That's French. Pretty cool. He goes, yeah, that was 16 years ago. Do you still speak the language? He goes, no, and I barely was speaking it when I graduated high school. <laughs> I says, why is that? Because it's one hour a day, five days a week for the time I'm in school, no summers. But that's the depth of how I learned to speak a different foreign language. So you couldn't carry a conversation right now, even though you got this special corsage uh, and you graduate. He goes, no. He says, why is that? Because I haven't spoken in 16 years. Exactly. That's the same way it comes to becoming a millionaire. Mm. If you don't immerse yourself in a language of millionaires, you'll be speaking this language called broken knees for the rest of your life. 
So do you want to speak Brokenese or do you want to speak Millionese? <laughs> Brokenese right? or Millionese. I like it. Right. And I asked him, I said, I said, D, what happens if I, if I, you know, you, I, I hovered over Paris and I fast roped you into, you know, to Eiffel Tower and for the next 30 days, all you can speak was French. You're immersed in the language of France. You're immersed in the language of whatever country you're in. You're immersed in that country's language and nobody else is speaking English, but they're speaking French. What do you think will happen to you after 30 days? What's more effective to learn a different language? Immersion for 30 days or one hour a day for four years in high school learning French? He goes, immersion. Exactly. You're immersed in a language. Same thing happens with you wanting to become a millionaire. You got to be immersed in that language. So therefore, you see what's possible. And you can effectively communicate so you can speak how French people speak. So as a millionaire, that's why I appreciate people listening to this podcast. Because you're starting to immerse yourself into how millionaires speak, and David is introducing you to a different level of thinking and consciousness, so you can get out of life what you expect. You fought for freedom. It's damn right, you should be able to enjoy some of this freedom yourself. And I really like how you said all of that. I think that played out. So I, I have a, a coach that I'm working with right now for mindset stuff, right? Trying to, because I know there's limiting beliefs in there that I don't know about, and there's limiting beliefs in there that I might know about, and not know how to fix. And and we were talking last weekend, and this guy just straight called my bluff on something that I had never even thought of. He was asking me, he was giving me pointers and I was saying, Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea. And then he asked me something about my, uh, my day or something. I said, Oh, you know, it wasn't bad or, or, or something like that. And he just stopped me. He's like, you're done. You're done saying that word. He's like, from now on, if it's not a bad idea, it's a good idea. It's a great idea. If it's not a bad day. It's a good day. It's a great day. Mm. Like, you're screwing yourself. And we were talking, I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, whatever. And then he was saying something about what he was saying is that a lot of people have limiting beliefs for their income, right? And, and this is kind of yeah. what, you're, what you're talking about. And he said a number. He's like, you know, if you do this, 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 you could probably earn this much in a year. And my response was, oh man, that'd be crazy. He's like, see, there you go. You have a ceiling. That's your ceiling. You need to watch, you need to watch that. You need to stop. And it's just kind of cool to think, to have somebody like just cut the conversation off and say, look, like you just limited yourself there. Yeah. You limited yourself there. You're holding yourself back here. And it's like, the, I would never, that is normal day-to-day -day speak in yeah. work. And yeah, it's a totally different world. Brother, I was invited to Michael Jordan's grand opening at his new restaurant here in next to our office. And uh, I was shocked the shit on my Instagram, but uh, we're out there in this patio of his restaurant, my wife and I, because we could not bring a, video or cameras inside the restaurant where Michael Jordan is at. So we're sitting on the patio and 30 seconds later, guess who bus opened to the doors to go outside, sit on the patio, smoke a cigar, Michael Jordan. Right. And so anyway, make a long story short, his crew started sitting around him, him, his attorney from the Charlotte Hornets is, is, uh, is, is Ahmad Rashad. Uh, a couple of the 85 Chicago bears, Otis Wilson, Richard Dent, and then my wife and I, he didn't ask us to get up. Hey, join the conversation. And the whole hour and a half, we're smoking cigars. He's pointing and challenging everybody. Poking and challenging everybody. Poking and challenging everybody to improve their thinking and improve the thought process. And, wow, what an interesting mentality. He's still as intense after playing the game as a competitive driving nature. That's why he's a billionaire. Mm. And, then I, and then we hung around Kobe Bryant. The last big event that he spoke at was our conference in August of 2019. Here's a big event. I had some time to speak with him backstage. We, we did an interview with him. It had the same mentality, same mindset. So high performers, guys that want to go get better, what's the Mamba mentality? 
the Mamba mentality is discovering and fighting to see who the next best version of you is. If you allow yourself to uh, have the same conversation with yourself, verbal, nonverbal, conscious, subconscious, you'll never get to the next level of your financial life. So I love about your podcast, what I love about the mindset of from military to millionaire is if you really want to be a millionaire, you got to personally develop first before you financially develop. I've seen a lot of guys get rich quick, man. Lottery, they make a lot of money in this sale, this transaction, closes a big real estate deal, big mortgage deal, blah, blah, blah. I've seen all these guys make a lot, Bitcoin, uh, Forex, all these guys make a ton of money in one or two transactions. Granted, no problem. But because they didn't have the personal development chassis to sustain and hold that financial weight, it all got let go. I got let go. That's why these players, when they leave playing the NBA or the NFL, then three, four, five years are broke again because they worked really hard to make this money, but they didn't grow financially in their mindset how to handle that cash. You know, Antoine Walker is right here in Chicago. Made $104 million in his, in his career. Won a, won a championship with Shaq, right? And, and Dwayne Wade. He is going down as the guy that made the most amount of money in the NBA, lost everything. Mm. And one of, the th- one of the things he says, because I had the wrong entourage around me. I was listening to Ron Peel. I felt sorry for him. I thought I was going to help them. I wasn't actually helping them. I was actually handicapping them. I felt like I owed them something. And they, my crew, my entourage was over, overpaid, underworked. <laughs> Man, that's true. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of those high earners don't do so well with it. Because I think a lot of it, like what you're saying, it's mentality, it's people you hang out with, but you know, there's just a lack of financial education out there. And so people don't know, you know, they don't, sure. they don't realize a lot of this, but then if you get around with the wrong people, yeah, you gotta get around the right people. And it's, and it's funny too, because people think like hanging out with the right people, you think things like uh live below your means, you know, say, save your money, which it's all, all well and good. But when you hang out with the right people and the people who are really making it, like they're not, they're not counting checks. They're nah. not, they're not, nah. they're not worried about the, three dollars they spent it they just no no it's we're, sl- we're, we're sliding our cards our credit cards left and right because there's a financial benefit for using a credit card all, all my travels paid for by my points from my american express and my 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 credit cards i choose to have rewards so there's there's smart use of the credit cards but how i got used to that because i realized i remember, I remember telling myself and i was sharing earlier if i bankruptcy mm-hmm. i remember i tell myself david that this is the last time i'll ever do it Last time I'll find bankruptcy. And guess what? 21 years later, I haven't even gotten close to it. Because I told myself, this is the last time I face this humiliating factor in my life. I'm never going to file bankruptcy or get, ever get close to it. Because I didn't realize that bankruptcy, for me, was a form of quitting. Mm. Instead of challenging myself to the next financial level, I just decided to quit, pay 500 bucks. And instead of fighting out of the trenches, I looked for a bailout. And that's why, that's why America, even the state you're currently in right now, that's why it's so... Uh, it's so hard to live in because everybody wants this bailout. Everybody wants the government to try to bail them out to do something. I want, my, I want the government to, to pay off my student loan debt. Hey, bro, you're going to ask to go into student loan debt. You signed the dotted line. Now you want somebody to bail you out. So even, if the gov- even though the government could, it's a bad habit to start saying, I promised to pay something, but when push comes to shove, somebody's going to bail me out from this promise. It's cha- yeah. it, it challenges and erodes your integrity. It makes a great pitch, though, for politicians. A great pitch, of course, because <laughs> what's the natural disposition for people? Humans are naturally lazy. Mm. 
And when they hear a lazy conversation, by the way, it's probably not, I'm going to rub a lot of people wrong by just saying this. When you, when, when you hear a lazy conversation, you want to be lazy too. Mm. When, yeah. when Kobe Bryant was hanging around Allen Iverson uh, after the game, Allen Iverson, I'm going to go to a club. Kobe said, I'm going to the gym. What, dude, what's wrong with you? And get, look at their decisions. Who, who's, yep. who's going down for, for knowing what, what in their career? Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree completely. And it's, it's very true. And people love the, the, the easy road out. Right. You know, it's funny though. I always joked uh, on recruiting duty that the, the lazy, recru- <clears throat> the lazy recruiters were the best recruiters because they'd find a way to enlist the same amount of people with the least amount of work. The problem is that if you get stuck in that trap, you always do the least amount of work. Well, if you can turn uh-huh. that, if you can turn that efficiency into doing the same amount of work and enlisting two or three times as many people like that's where that's where you start to you got to harness that because you're right people like to be lazy but if you can find a way to be lazy or efficient but just keep working the same amount of i mean it's crazy i I mean not to say that i'm anything incredible but uh you know i mean you you and i got started talking on on social media through podcasting and youtube and instagram and whatever it's all done between four and six in the morning (laughs) Okay, that's that's what's amazing about your schedule, brother. And when I when I was leaving the military, that was my schedule too, because that's when I studied for my exams. I yep. had to be had, I'd be at the base at six thirty. I had to study for my exams. I got my work done, and and uh, I, I was a night out too as well. So it was hard for me to go to sleep because you're so jacked up about what you about to accomplish that you comes that day. What's about to accomplish? It's hard for you to go to sleep, hit the rack. But uh, yeah, forty six is, is a critical area because all day you're devoted to the military. Yep. Right. And, and then uh, you get off around three, four, five o'clock in, in the evening and like, you know, you're beat already and you're fresh in the morning, man. Absolutely. All right. So if a uh, 18, 19 year old was to walk up to you asking you for uh, advice in life, finance, whatever, <laughs> what do you, what do you think would be, what would you tell them aside from uh, don't file bankruptcy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number one, don't get her pregnant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> don't get her pregnant. Right. Uh, you know, you, you, you better, be careful on who you date because at that age, man, your know, hormones are just flying. Everything you're thinking about right now is hooking up. Everything right now is satisfying that physical, that physical craving. I, I totally get it. 18, I, that's why I'm asking about the Del Mar E club because I remember that's where we used to hang out all the time at 18, 19 years old. And then we, we'd sponsor people to get on base and whatnot. Anyway, find the right person to, to date, find out who you're about. Because the, there's one thing to get laid, man. I'm, I'll just say that, right? It's one thing to get laid, but it's another thing to get paid. Mm. And so if you want to get paid for the rest of your life, you got to make sure who you get laid with. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because cause after a while, that, that sex shit gets old with that person. Then you got to deal with them. Mm. You realize you rise six months afterwards, they got bad breath. <laughs> right? You realize six months later on down the road, you, you or she looks horrendous in the morning, right? You realize six months down the road that you guys get some really bad fights. You realize six months down the road based on upbringing. And by the way, it's probably another uh, good rule for you to check out. Find out how they were raised. Find out what type of upbringing, what type of relation they have with their mom, what type of relation they have with their dad, what type of relation they have with their siblings. When push comes to shove, uh, what the, how do they resolve and resolve conflict and resolve issues? Do they go to a bar? Do they do drugs? Do they call, call an ex-boyfriend? Do they call an ex-girlfriend? 
right? Who do they surround themselves with uh, and who agrees with them and who defends the other person? So, so let me start there. Personal development and personal relationships, it's such an important thing. And when, when, I, got, when I got married to my now wife, uh, one of the conversations with her, and she knew me and said, I was talking about my vision, where I want to go in life, where I want to go in business. Babe, I'm not the nine to five guy. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to be home at five o'clock, six o'clock for dinner. I'm just not that guy. I'm wired differently. I got to pursue my dream, my goal. I'm a, I, I uncage this lion. Keep me uncaged. Let me roam my jungle. So you may not see me certain ways, but with that being said, I'll provide a lifestyle that 10 men couldn't give you. It thought average and ordinary. And today, you saw, I was touring you around my house. There it is. That's where my wife lives. Yeah. Right? I was, I was and, admiring your bookshelves. <laughs> but my wife, her, her mommy car, instead of a, instead of a, a, a Dodge minivan, my, the mommy car is a Cadillac Platinum Escalade. Now she wants a G-Wagon. Maybe <laughs> knock, knock, knock yourself out. Whatever you want. I got my Rolls Royce. She likes the Rolls Royce because it's comfortable. Yeah, I saw your car so, the other day. That thing's beautiful. Oh, it's, 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 it's a different conversation, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, yeah it's, a, it's a fun conversation. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know these, these are things that I wanted them to know up front. And the danger of that is like, man, if I tell, the, tell them what my vision is or who I want to be up front, I might lose them. Probably, it's, it's probably going to be true. It's probably going to be true. So do you want to think for the short term or do you want to think for the long term? Mm. my short-term thinking got me to file bankruptcy versus thinking long-term. And, and, and another thing, 18, 19 year old sales is make sure you have the right people in your ear talking to you in your ear. Right now that may take a minute for you to follow. So I, I suggest three major areas in your life that you want counsel in. Number one, your personal relationships. Who's going to help you with your personal relationship. There may be some spiritual app, a personal app. Um, I, I started seeing success in my personal relationships when I started hanging around men who were married and had happy marriage. And yet I was in my young twenties, but I started seeing relationships differently because I started hanging around men. They were married, had kids. Cause that's the life I wanted. Right. So your personal second one is your physical life. Who's going to help you stay physically fit. Who's going to help you stay in your diet. Uh, <clears throat> my trainer, he's 28 years old. But every time I'm, and he, he's not afraid to call me out. I'm 46 years old. He's not afraid to call me out. Matter of fact, I tell him, that's what you're paid to do. You're paid to call me out. Right? Your job is to make sure I stay in the gym. Your job is to make sure I'm in tip-top shape. I have energy when I'm working at the office. And, and I have the right food to not make me lethargic halfway through the day. Mm. It's your job. Okay? Because I know my business, I need a lot of energy. And then I got to deal with five kids. I got to deal with my wife. I can deal with my, my, my public uh, community involvement. I need a lot of energy. And so, so I have some of so your fitness life, your personal life. Your, 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 your third, third make here is your financial life. Who's going who's gonna to raise your game on your financial side of things? And here's what I found. The moment I found myself around a group of guys that were making more money, more, more money than me, and I was uncomfortable around them because I'm the brokest amongst them, that's the right group to be a part of. I'm good to be part of. Yeah. Right. I love and that. So you raise your yeah, you raise your game around them, and next you, you want to be the richest of the bunch, not the brokers of the bunch. And then when you become the richest, richest of the bunch, guess what? New There's group. another level. Mm. Exactly. There's a new group. 
So I started hanging around guys that make 50 grand a year, started making 50 grand. Started hanging around guys that make 100 grand a year, started making more than them. 250, 500, 750, a million. Now, at a million dollars a year, I'm hanging around guys that make five, $10 million a year. I'm the brokest millionaire amongst these guys. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> that's awesome. Right? So that's, that's, I mean, that's the progression that's, of life, man. That's, that's, I think that's the best answer that I've gotten on that question. I love that. And, and I love that the first thing you said, which I'm totally going to quote the don't get her pregnant, but the, the aspect. Of, <laughs> so one of my, one of my most popular videos, in fact, it might still be my most popular video on YouTube is just like how to get rich in the military. And I put like how to get rich in the military with a budget for beer. Cause I figured that would attract military guys. But uh, one of the second to last or last point in there is who you marry. And I, I, I could not agree with you more after watching service members go through divorce after uh -huh. divorce after divorce and marry people with mountains of debt and all kinds of crazy decisions for, you know, essentially for lust rather than love. And, mm. and it's, man, you know, I, I was lucky enough. My parents were, I, my parents work for a organization called family life. And so they, they do marriage conferences across the nation. So I, I have a, a great outline for what marriage could and should look like. And man, I, yeah, it's crazy to see some of the differences in just the people that I was grew up around because all of my parents' friends had great marriages. Vice, and man, it's that's like the fastest way to financial ruin or 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 life ruin. I think is it's yeah. just marrying the wrong person and then letting it just depending on how things go, it it can. Yeah, yeah, it's important. It's a big decision to pick who yeah. your life partner is. Life partner, not bedmate, mm. right? Not sexual partner, life partner. And so, you know, the, I, I'm in an area, man. I'm in an area of finance. I've seen guys, they may not get immediately divorced like I did, but they may get, may get immediately divorced like a lot of our military, you know, Lance Corporals, <laughs> E2s, E3s, E4s, right? But they may go 20, 30 years and realize that they've married the wrong person. And all the stuff they built up, and now they're in their 40s and 50s and 60s, get separated and, 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 and split up. And financially speaking, they look like they're 21 years old again from a financial asset standpoint. Yeah. So, so it, it, can, it can hit you hard instantly or hit you hard over a period of time. But it's not just bedmate, sexual partner, it's life partner. Because after a while, man, the external beauty fades and you got to deal with a woman. You got to deal with a man that brings out the best in you, man. And they need to be your friend. I think friendship, is a, such a key role in, in, a, in, a, in a marriage. And, uh, and uh, you know, sadly, there's not enough good examples of that around. You know, what, what are the examples we see today? You got, you got reality shows of people sleeping around in each other. Real housewives of this, real housewives of that, just freaking drama. Love and basketball, all freaking drama. Survivor Island, all, all sorts of freaking drama. You know? That's what sells. And the, that's, what, that's what sells. And go ahead and buy that. Yeah, go ahead and try and buy that. See what type of package. See if that's the girl you want to introduce to mom. <laughs> See if that's the guy you want to introduce. And that's, I tell my girls, listen, before you bring a guy to me, here, here's a couple guidelines. You're 18 years old now. I can't control what you guys do. Right? Not that I had much control when you were you know, younger and your teenagers. But please, please find yourself somebody that says, you know what? I'd be proud to introduce this guy to my dad based on his values. If you're not, if you, if you, if you don't feel good about his values and you just, you know, you guys are just sleeping around, there's nothing to be careful. 
I don't want you getting pregnant and, and delaying your life. I'm not going to ruin your life, but I want your life delayed. And I, I, I tell my kids, listen, I paid the mistakes of my 20s for my entire 30s. My 30s paid for the mistakes of my 20s. Mm. That's why I, I can probably answer this question pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what uh, what are some what, – what is a resource, a book, course, website, whatever, that you would recommend to anyone looking to uh, really just enhance their life, I guess? Well, first, first and foremost, man, you, you can't go wrong with Rich Dad, Poor Dad series, right? No. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, also a devil dog, a Vietnam helicopter pilot, Marine. Uh, he's a real estate guru too as well. He's got some really, uh, you know, uh, 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 big, you know, big thoughts on fiat currency and whether or not mm-hmm. you should put your money inside currency or gold and silver and whatnot. So, you know, there's, there's things I learned from a lot of authors and things I agree with and certain things I disagree with. So that's a very good resource. Uh, when I was a lifeguard, when I got the Marine Corps to get my business off the ground, I was a lifeguard from five to eight o'clock in the morning. Nobody's at the YMCA, bro. So I'm reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, Magic of Thinking Big, Power, Positive Thinking, How to Raise Myself and Fair Success in Selling. I have, a, I have a video out there, 10 books I read that made me a millionaire. One of my most popular videos, I'll share it with you later on, but those books were a great resource for me to see the world differently, to perceive the world differently. Uh, for me, uh, from a personal relationship standpoint, from a wisdom and prosperity standpoint, it might not be a popular answer, but it's my answer. I read the Bible, bro. Mm-hmm. More specifically, more specifically, the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes of the Old Testament. Because Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, not that, not that I'm shoving religion or Jesus down anybody's throat, but Proverbs and Ecclesiastes were written by the, king, were written by the son of King David, you know, David and Goliath, right? His son was Solomon. And Solomon took the, the Jewish people, the Israel, the Hebrews, he took them through the, 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 the golden age of prosperity. Uh, if you combine Bill Gates, uh, uh, Jobs, Warren Buffett, you combine all of their money together, it wasn't, wasn't close to the wealth that King Solomon had created during his time. So his people were happy. His people were prosperous. His people were jamming. His people were growing. The empire is the golden age. He was a king at 13, 14 years old. And instead, God asked him, hey, what do you want? You want girls? You want money? You want land? You want a big army? You know what he says? Hey, God, I want wisdom. He goes, what? He goes, I want wisdom. Teach me how to lead. Teach me how to be a good king. Teach me how to handle this. Man, God's like, goodness gracious. Okay, in addition to that, but this is in First Kings, by the way, in, in the Old Testament. In addition to all that you asked for, I'm going to give you wisdom. But in addition to that, I'm going to give you everything that you thought. Armies, land, right? Boom. And so I just read that book to see how he dealt with conflict, how he dealt with wealth building, how he dealt with dealing with fools and trolls on the internet. Uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of applicable things in the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes when it comes to that thing. Uh, a man that is diligent in his work will sit amongst kings. And I can't mention to it right now for security reasons, but there's things that our firm is doing in the next two, three, maybe at the publishing of this podcast that will shock your mind of what we have access to. And I'm nobody. I don't have a college degree. I didn't go up in a wealthy neighborhood. I didn't have a small loan from a family member to get my business off the ground. I have 400 credit score. But to see where entrepreneurship, <laughs> but to see where entrepreneurship and the resources that I just mentioned here, 
has, has, has done to, to manifest itself in my life and the life of many other my business partners, where we're going to land in two weeks, it just blows my mind. Because, brother, this was my 100th move of my career. It's about to happen about four or five years from now. Based on certain things happening, handshakes we made in the past, mentorship we aligned with, somebody moved my 100th move four or five years from now to my first next moves, one, two moves, two weeks from now. That's the benefit of mentorship and surrounding yourself with the right people. Man, it's crazy how that happens. So I'm going to share this just because I think it's, I think I'm allowed to share it now. Uh, so same, same concept, right? I made this vision board in like December and I was like, this is everything I want to do in the next five years. And one of those is host a conference for military real estate investors, investing and just help veterans find a way to use their VA loan and all this other stuff that's just misunderstood and host a conference to bring the community together. I said that to the wrong person or the right person. And uh, it's going May 29th and 30th in St. Louis. So it's going to be less than six months from writing it on the vision board. And I'm like, and, and it's going to be totally nonprofit. The goal is to, uh, we haven't completely decided on uh, the charity, but the hope is, I think we're looking at Operation Homefront, which is uh, they do homes for veterans. So looking to give some houses away. And it's just, uh, super cool that like, oh, wow. wait, we're, do we're doing this now? Like, uh, I don't, uh, what do I do? Like, just <laughs> get on a call with me. I got you. And it's like, all right. You know, it's. I love it. Crazy. Just get around let me, the right Let me know people. how I can support you, man. Let me know Absolutely, how I can brother. That, man. Yeah. I love As it, man. Proud of you, man. Absolutely. Hey, I appreciate that. So, man, it's funny you say that. I've been uh, I've been needing to crack my Bible back open and start reading again. So, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think I think I've got the right motivation there, uh, man. So, hey, uh, where can people reach out to you? Where can people get a hold of you, brother? Very easy, man. My website, social media, Instagram, Money Smart Guy. Simple as that. MoneySmartGuy.com, Money Smart Guy on Instagram, Money Smart Guy on Facebook. You can find Money Smart Guy um, uh, 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 on your phone and in your search bar. It's how you can find me. And if you want to find out whether or not I'm full of shit, watch my Instagram stories. That's all I got to tell you. Watch my Instagram <laughs> stories. I, I, feel, I know you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I, I feel that uh, the Instagram stories is a real tell-all of any brand because that's the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm. Because, because the, uh, the profile is like the, the highlight reel, right? It's like the highlight but the 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 stories the instagram stories what is this guy really really talking about what is what are they really like without you know without uh having to post the right type of picture or video you know i, I like the uh, on the fly otf on the fly type of stuff Man. instagram stories awesome well matt i really appreciate you coming on and talking to us today this has been awesome great conversation with man and uh I'm so glad you're doing this, man. And when I was in the military, zero, zero resources like this to plug into. And so I'm glad you decided to stick your head and shoulders above your peers, regardless of what they were saying, the shit that you take. Because I know there's, and I, I can only imagine what you, you know, the crap you're taking right now. What's fuck? Well, what are you, what are you doing that for? Parade, trying to be a millionaire? <laughs> what you trying to do? And just, just be a marine. Just, just lower yourself back down to us. So therefore, we're not uncomfortable around you because that's what starts happening when you start raising your game. You're going to make the people around you uncomfortable because you're reminding them what they should be doing, but they're too lazy to do it. Mm. Appreciate your raising the game and uh, throw, throwing the, the real rockers. Throwing the real rockers at <laughs> to rock, rock their house, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. This has been awesome. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, bro. I'm here to support you.
Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.